0: Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, this is Carla Unseth with Building a Bridge to God's Word. Thank you for joining us on this month's podcast. This month, on the translation team that I'm working with, we are beginning to look at translating the book of Titus. But we're trying to teach our translators a little bit more about the book before they do a draft. So I thought it might be interesting to walk through the teaching we are doing with you as well, so you can think about some of the issues that come up in drafting. And maybe even consider how you yourself might express things in the text. So I'll do this for the next few podcasts. And with each podcast, I'll give you a translation principle, some of which you might already know, just they're kind of intuitive, but sometimes even things that are intuitive need to just be said outright. So here's our first translation principle, and that is know before you go translate. (laughs) This one seems intuitive, of course, but it's actually pretty easy to look at a text and say, I know all these words, so I can translate it. But often the meaning is hidden beneath the surface of just the words. So it's important to truly understand the meaning of the text before you translate. So with that translation principle in mind, Let's move on to the Book of Titus. So, before starting to draft, we need to look at the entire book and consider its background and themes. Thankfully, this work has been done for us by many authors and teachers, so we can find the information that we need without being too hard. So, basically, what you want to do is read the text and ask the basic WH questions that you learned in school about the text. So, I'm going to let you read the text of Titus, the whole book, on your own. It's a good idea to read it actually in multiple versions so you get a rounded view of the text right away and kind of different ideas for how different people are approaching the translation. It's good to read translations that are kind of on three different levels. You have a word-for-word translation, which would be closer to the Greek, but might be a little bit more difficult to understand. So you could read a version like the English Standard Version that's on that side of things. On the far other end of the spectrum are translations that are more thought-based, like the New Living Translation, so they go for meaning, but they might not be the exact same words as the Greek. And it's probably also good to read a version that tries to hit a middle ground. They are thought-based as much as possible, but go back to word for word when there are a lot of interpretation decisions. So it's good to read a translation like that too. A good one is the Christian Standard Bible or else the New International Version. So while you're reading through the book of Titus, you can be thinking about these keys to the text, the WH questions that I mentioned before. Think about things like, who are the major characters? Where does it take place? When does it take place? Why was it written? What are the key themes? And then also key verses. So let's look at the book of Titus together, look at the background a little bit for the whole book. So first, who wrote this book? And you can see right in the introduction of Titus, if you look at just the first few verses of the book, that it was written by Paul. And who did he write it to? You can also see in the introduction that he wrote it to Titus. Now, I'm guessing that you know a lot about Paul since he's a pretty major character in the Bible, so I'm not going to go into Paul and who he is. If you don't know a lot about Paul, and even for our translators who sometimes don't have a really strong biblical background, we would want to make sure that you learn a little bit about Paul, and if you are somebody who doesn't know about Paul, you can Go ahead and read about him. You can look him up in the Bible and read other stories from the Bible, or you can go onto a website, like a good one is gotquestions.org, and you can learn a little bit about Paul. But even if you know about Paul, you may not know about Titus. If you do a search for Titus in the Bible, you're going to see his name mentioned in 2 Corinthians, Galatians, and 2 Timothy. So even without doing a lot of other background research, we can learn about him from these books. So in 2 Corinthians, you see this relationship, you see the relationship that Paul has with Titus. You can see that Paul has a lot of love for Titus, trust in him, in his work as a missionary to these churches, and respect for the work that he does. So we see in the book of 2 Corinthians— I'll let you do a search for Titus and find the exact verses, because they're a little bit spread out, but you'll be able to find them easily. So we can see Titus worked with the church in Corinth, and he reported good things about the church to Paul, and that really encouraged Paul. Paul mentions that Titus earnestly loves the church and would be a good leader of the church. In chapter 8, verse 23, Paul calls Titus his partner and fellow worker. In Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, we learn more about Titus. Again, that he travels and works with Paul, but also we learn in these verses that Titus was Greek. And so he wasn't circumcised. That comes into play when there's conflict between the Jewish group of people that are circumcised and the Greek group. Christians who are not circumcised. So when we then look at 2 Timothy, I think there's just one reference to him there. And again, you see that Titus went to Dalmatia to work. And so we can kind of infer from that, that he was a faithful missionary and he went to multiple churches in the ancient world. So that's answering our who. The next question is where? If you look at the end of the book of Titus, it tells us that Paul was in Nicopolis when he wrote the book. You'll find that in Titus chapter 3, verse 12. That doesn't really have a lot of significance. It's probably actually more important to know a bit about Crete, and that is where Titus was working when Paul sent him the letter. So Crete was an island that was part of Greece, and Cretans believed that the gods, the Greek gods, were born on the island of Crete, including Zeus. And the way that they viewed Zeus may be a little bit different than the Zeus we know. They saw Zeus as a womanizer and a liar, a trickster. And actually, they were really proud of his underhanded nature, and they tried to live that way themselves. So in fact, you'll see in the book of Titus, in chapter 1, verse 12, there's a poet actually from the island of Crete who said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. So Cretans didn't have a very good reputation, and that came from the fact that they tried to imitate the Greek gods who had that kind of reputation of being gluttons and liars and, and lazy So, unfortunately, the church in Crete wasn't looking a whole lot different than the world around them. So, Titus kind of has his work cut out for him as he is seeking to work with this church. So, that answers our where question. Now, we can look at the question of when. The book itself doesn't say, but if we looked at a timeline of Paul's life, we can see this book was written probably around AD 66. That kind of helps it place the book in the timeline of the church. Now, that's a short question to consider, but now we can consider the question of why. Why was this book written? There are a few different purposes of the book. The main purpose is found in verse 5 of chapter 1. Paul left Titus in Crete to appoint elders and to put the church into order. So, Paul had been there with Titus. He left Titus there to finish appointing elders, finish up whatever other work needed to be done, and then this letter is a follow-up on that. He's encouraging Titus. He's giving him more instructions just to make sure that Titus is doing that work. So chapter 1 gives us some instructions on how to appoint elders. In chapter 2, verse 1, he tells Titus to teach sound doctrine and follows that up with what relationships should look like within Christian households. He encourages Titus to be bold in chapter 2, verse 12, and then that is the last verse of chapter 2, and in chapter 3, he continues with more instructions for Titus to apply as he puts the church in order. So when we think about those things as the purpose of the book, Paul telling Titus how to run the church, how to put the church in order, how to appoint leaders, we can kind of think of the theme of the book is how to look like Christ as the church. So how does the church look like Christ and how, as a leader in the church, do you guide your church toward looking like Christ? So I give you a little bit of a structure, but I'll kind of give you some chapters and verses to go along with that. So a structure is another thing you want to look at in the overview of the book. How is it organized? So the introduction is in chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Then Paul tells Titus his job or his role in Crete. That's chapter 1, verses 5 through 16. Then, in chapter 2, Paul makes that more specific by talking about relationships within the Christian family. That's chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Then, in chapter 2, verse 11, through chapter 3, verse 11, Paul kind of goes back and forth between two ideas, and that is how to live in grace and the work that God has done in our lives. He kind of goes back and forth between laying out salvation and then saying, and so we live this way, talking about salvation and grace and then saying again, and as a result, this is how we live. So then in chapter three, verses 12 through 15, Paul kind of wraps it all up, gives his final instructions and conclusion. So, Based on that the, the purpose of the book, the theme that we talked about, the structure of the book, we want to pick out kind of a key verse, what would summarize what the book of Titus is about. So I picked out Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, that kind of show the, the theme, and I'll read those to you. This is from the New International Version. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So I felt like this this little section these verses kind of encapsulated that looking at the nature of people who lived in that area and saying as christians we live differently as christians we live self-controlled godly lives but the reason is because of jesus christ who gave himself up for us to redeem us from wickedness so kind of gets all of those ideas in these verses So there's our background of Titus. Based on that, we can start looking more in depth at individual sections of verses and think about different translation issues. Those are kind of different than devotional issues, things you might want to apply to your life. We want to think instead about how to make things clear in translation. So this is a small book, but it has an important message. We want to make sure that it is translated well, translated clearly, And so next time we'll start looking at those specific translation considerations. So I hope you can join us again next time for Building a Bridge to God's Word.